The Sunday Baroque podcast is made possible by WSHU and the Friends of Sunday Baroque. You can find out more about the Friends of Sunday Baroque and find out how to become one yourself by visiting our website, sundaybaroque.org, under the Contact tab. Rafael Sanchez Guevara plays viola da gamba and cello. The Mexico City native earned his bachelor's degree in cello performance from the National Autonomous University of Mexico and a master's degree in viola da gamba from the University of Montreal. He has been a member of several leading early music ensembles and teaches viola da gamba in Mexico City. Rafael Sanchez Guevara joins me on Zoom to talk about his instrument and his career as a musician. Hello. Hello, Susan. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very glad to be here. It's a real pleasure to to meet you face to face like this. First things first, though, how have you been doing during these past 15 months or so of the pandemic? Well, it's been a hard time for for all of us. Fortunately, I've been I've been doing well. I mean, we're me and my family are all in good health, so it's that's the main the main thing. And uh, well, teaching online a lot, which is something that I have never imagined would work for music, but we just <laughs> figured out that it's possible and it works. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's not the same, but uh, I am very, very glad and motivated to be able to work with uh, different kind of students uh, and be a witness of their progress. And I've learned a lot also Mm -hmm. playing at home reading uh, trying to to finish my uh, doctoral dissertation Mm -hmm. and all that kind of of work that we can do only at home no concerts only uh, a couple of video recordings some home made recordings some other more like professional uh, productions but but quite quite at home yeah yeah, yeah. That's how I found you, you know, looking around online. I found one of your beautiful solo performances. I believe it was uh, Carl Friedrich Abel. Um, and it was just really lovely and very striking. And I was so impressed by your artistry. And um, I just uh, I just thought it was really marvelous. And so I, I'm so glad that we were able to connect, you know, through the pandemic, essentially, because you were, you right. were putting these out online. Thank you very much. I am very, very touched by your by your words. And it, it means that even if we are isolated, everyone at home, we can somehow uh, meet new people and touch each other through the music, which is uh, kind of a miracle. And yeah. and I am very, very glad to to be part of that. Yeah, well said, well said. So how did you first get into music? And, you know, how old were you? And was cello your first instrument? Yes, yes. I started with uh, cello at the age of 12 or 13. Oh. Um, In Mexico, there is not a very uh, strong tradition of, you know, very little kids playing instruments Mm -hmm. like in Europe or the U.S. maybe, where, Mm -hmm. you know, kids start very, very young. Sure. And here it's not like that. I mean... People maybe play at home for fun, 
a lot in the little, I mean, everywhere, but not as a, as a professional or uh, more uh, academic training. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just discovered uh, music completely random. Uh, in a, at first I was uh, studying theater for this kind of uh, teenage uh, at a workshop for for you know different kind of arts. Uh -huh. And I picked theater at first. Uh -huh. And I was uh, attending to activities and workshops. And I found that in the same uh, little school, there was also music classes. Uh -huh. And uh, I was completely uh, surprised and very excited. And I asked if I could also take some music lessons. And, wow. and I picked the cello just just it was <laughs> completely random. Really? <laughs> yes, and and I started. It was a very nice program because they help uh, young people to. They borrow the instruments. They they lend the instruments to the to the students, and mm -hmm. it's very it's a very nice program. And I started there at the age of twelve or thirteen, uh -huh. and I very very quickly uh, discovered a, a a big passion for playing the cello. Wow. Wow. And talent as well. <laughs> Thank you. So what, So at what point did you sort of realize, wow, this is what I am meant to do. I, this, is, this is really my, my life's work. It was very soon. I, I have to say it was a, kind of a shock. It was kind of an epiphany. The, the very first days I, wow. I got to make some noise from my cello from my borrowed cello yeah i was i was fascinated and i just couldn't stop you know like trying to find different i just like a beginner but i was kind of addicted to 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 play and try things and uh, try to play tunes that i knew by ear or whatever uh -huh. and um a couple of years after that, I, I decided to, to get into the National School of Music, mm -hmm. uh, which is where I studied my, my career or my main uh, uh, formal studies in, in music right. at the age of 15. Wow. Well, what first got you interested in viola da gamba and early music in general? Because that, you know, that's a, a, a bit of a jump as well. Yes. It was already in, in the in the school when I when I started. It was also quite soon when I started studying cello at the National School of Music. And it was completely uh, related with the teacher there. Uh, it was a class of history of music, and uh, the teacher who who was giving that that class. Uh, plays also Viola da Gamba. She teaches history of music and Viola da Gamba. Wow. And she's very uh, passionate about early music, of course, and uh, Viola da Gamba and um, historical performance. Mm -hmm. And uh, she brought recordings, beautiful recordings of early music and instruments that I'd never heard before harpsichord, uh, traverso, villa da gamba, baroque cello, baroque violin. And I was, and I was very interested and uh, I asked her for uh, villa da gamba lessons there in the school. So I was doing my, um, like my major degree in cello, 
and started uh, lessons. Uh, also, quite soon after after I after I entered into the school. Wow. I mm-hmm. think this would be a good point for you to maybe give a little bit of a of an explanation of the difference, the similarities and differences between a cello and a viola da gamba, because I think the average person looks at it and thinks, well, that's pretty much the same thing, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. are, but not. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, they're uh, they look kind of similar mm-hmm. because of the shape of the size, uh, but. Viola da Gamba is a huge, it's a whole family of instruments. So you can have actually different sizes, like the flute, soprano, or treble, alto, tenor, bass, great bass. So you can have a, a whole family of Viola da Gamba. The main uh, solo repertoire is written for bass, Viola da Gamba, but uh, there is a very nice, interesting, fascinating tradition of playing in concert, which is this family of, uh, of instrument, as the flutes also, mm-hmm. or the violins, right? Uh, in the, the Baroque orchestra is mainly a violin concert. So you have the treble, which is the violin, the alto, which is the viola, the bass, which is the cello, the great bass, the double bass. So it's the same, the same tradition, mm-hmm. but uh, the viola de gamba has its specific features, characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the most important is probably the, the tone, the, the kind of uh, color of the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strings are way thinner than, than the cello, for example, which produces a, a very mellow vocal uh, sound. And uh, it's always described as very subtle, very soft, very melancholic. So during a long period of time, it was associated with some uh, states of uh, mind or uh, feelings or mm-hmm. affects. So mm-hmm. that's why it's uh, more more than the very physical or uh, material characteristics the viola de gamba is associated with with some kind of uh, feelings or or affects yeah 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 so who are some of your favorite composers and music for viola de gamba well um i (laughs) any the the piece that i'm playing (laughs) in that moment is always my favorite (laughs) but i could say uh Carl Friedrich Abel is a very, is a very uh, special composer for for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, uh, I feel, when I play his music, I feel very close to his feelings somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first pieces that I that I played by him was one of his uh, personal notebook pieces. So Abel published a lot of music when he was alive, symphonies, quartets, sonatas, uh, etc. But he also had personal pieces that he didn't publish, but he just noted, sketched in a notebook, and they were found afterwards. Mm-hmm. They were apparently a gift also for a friend of his who was uh, an amateur 
And when when I played that, I feel that I was completely connecting with with the feelings of someone who is not trying to to speak to a big audience, but just to himself. Very intimate, very um, honest, mm. and not necessarily uh, perfect or or very. Some pieces are unfinished, hmm. but uh, I was really, really touched by the vulnerability and the and the intimacy of of that of that music. And yeah. I think I it's one of my favorite. Oh. And Bach, of course, uh, Bach's music for Viola da Gamba is amazing, and the that's why I, I believe it's very. It's associated with a feeling because, for instance, Bach uses the Villa de Gamba in the most uh, devastating moments of the passions of the two of Saint John's passions and Saint Matthew's passions, uh, right in the most dramatic and terrible moments of the of the piece. There is an aria with Villa de Gamba, so it's. I think it's. It was uh, very connected with a feeling of. Uh, intimacy and deepness hmm. in the Baroque. Huh. You started learning on that uh, borrowed cello, uh, but tell me about your instruments now. You know where and when were they made, and how long have you had them, and and how did you choose them? Well, I, I love that question. It's, it's very important for a for a player. Yeah. We, we really have a. A relationship with our instruments and their our voice. Um, I am very fortunate to have a, a viola da gamba made by uh, French Canadian luthier Francis Beaulieu, who lives in Montreal. And he's right now he's very famous and he has a lot of a lot of work and a lot of commissions from all around the world. Um, and when I asked him for a for a viola da gamba, I didn't know him basically i was just it was a suggestion by by a teacher sarah cunningham who you might know she's a teacher at juilliard and she's an amazing gamma player i met her in a summer course in boston and i was looking for a for a gamba to buy and she said you know there is a very talented young luthier in montreal and i was considering going to montreal to study my 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 master's degree so it was kind of a perfect timing and i dropped him an email and he said yes i can i can make you an instrument so uh, i have a seven string bass viol made by francis and it's a beautiful instrument i'm very happy uh, i think uh, it has a lot of possibilities and resources for 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 me as a player and uh, I have a cello who is made, a Baroque cello made by a Mexican luthier who is based in Cremona in Italy, hmm. and uh, Adrian Salazar. And it's a copy of, a, of an instrument made in 1717 by uh, Ruggeri. So mm -hmm. these two are my, my partners in crime <laughs> for, for musicking. Wow. And I'm very, very glad. I'm very fortunate. To wow. Have wow. Um, 
What are some of the musical ensembles you play in or have played in? And what are some of the, I don't know, interesting or favorite projects you've worked on with them or plan to work on with them? Mm -hmm. Well, um, here in Mexico, I, I am also very, very fortunate and very happy to be part uh, La Fontegara Ensemble, mm -hmm. which is um, it's an ensemble that has a long story. It was founded in 1988, and it was founded by most of my teachers. Uh, the the oh. gamba player who founded it was my gamba player teacher, my gamba teacher, and uh, then she stopped playing uh, in concerts, and I and I started. I joined the ensemble in 2010, yeah. 11 years ago already. And it has been a beautiful journey of, uh, I have learned a lot. I have learned more than, more than in, in any school or in any class, just playing and rehearsing and listening to, to Maria Diaz Canedo, amazing flute player and say harpsichord player. And, all the work of uh, chamber music that teaches you so much about your instrument, about meeting the other sounds mm -hmm. and uh, following or being followed or leading or waiting. And it's, I love chamber music and it's my, that's what I enjoy the most of, huh. of being a musician. And uh, we have played in amazing places with great guests as uh, Manfred Kremer, as, uh, and, and every project is uh, is an adventure, um, and I'm very very happy. And the other uh, project that I that I'm very proud of is uh, the Lacrime project we did with the Le Bois Human Consort of, of Biol in Montreal. Mm -hmm. We did uh, the recording the, the CD with Nigel North. And, the route. Mm -hmm. and we toured uh, Mexico and Montreal. Um, I was yesterday, I was remembered that uh, we rehearsed so much. At the end, we almost knew by heart all the program. And they are, they are amazing, beautiful musicians, uh, great people that I. Uh, very generous in their in their artistry. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also, I'm, I'm very very glad, and I learned very much from that. Wow, you've had so many wonderful uh, teachers and role models and and mentors, and now you are doing that yourself. You you're teaching viola da gamba. What do you enjoy about teaching? I love I love teaching. I I love the idea of being able to to uh, not guide even just uh, a company or, or uh, help or other people to to make music and do it together for me is as, as there is a there is a uh, in Spanish we say when one when one person teaches, Two people learn, <laughs> you know. So I, I, I learn more than my students. 
for sure. Yeah. And I I feel challenged positively because I feel like I I, I want to to bring my best and to help them to bring their best too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just opened the the major in Viola de Gamba finally in the in the National University, which is a first mm-hmm. in Mexico. And I oh. am very glad that there is a, a very big interest and the the school has finally accepted to do it as a as a major, which is a, a great step. And many uh, young people want to play the the, the violin. That is, I feel very excited and very very fortunate to be able to to do a little uh, contribution to that. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, when you were saying you didn't start until twelve or thirteen. Um, because there really wasn't any kind of program for younger. Has that changed at all? Or are you are you making any inroads and in changing that so that people can find their way to music earlier than you did? Yes, yes. Actually, we have uh, an 11-year-old <laughs> Gamba student at the school, which is wow. also a, a very important step. We, we ask the school to buy small tenor vials for the kids uh-huh. and we go to the kids program uh-huh. and they we show them the vial and we try to you know some people don't many people don't know the instrument right. so it's also important to to spread the word and yeah. show the instrument and play and we've done also some uh, didactic or uh, videos explaining how the what's the instrument how does it work sure. how does it sound sure. uh, it's a lot of it, it's endless you know it's it's all to be done and it's very very exciting and very challenging yeah and i think it's already paying back because the, there are there are more and more people interested that's awesome that's awesome as a musician, as a performer, is there music you haven't performed yet that is really on your personal wish list, something you really want to tackle that you can't wait to play? Yes, of course. I am um, the, the the we don't we don't usually think up like that, but the baroque repertory is so enormous. It's so some people tell me, well, okay, you can play baroque cello, but what, do, what, what are you going to play? You just play Bach or Vivaldi, and then what? No, it's enormous, and there are so many composers and pieces to be discovered and to be played and to be uh, performed in, uh, in public. Mm-hmm. Um, I, with, with my ensemble with La Fontegara, we have done also some research of Mexican uh, archives of uh, instrumental music. The majority of, of Baroque, Mexican Baroque music is sacred, vocal sacred music. And, but we're an instrumental ensemble, so we cannot play that. So we have been years and years looking for some clues to at least figure out what was played by the, by the musicians in the 18th century or the 17th century. And we have we have found some some things and 
there is a lot of work to do in transcription mm -hmm. and uh, adaptation of the music. Some some pieces are just the top line with no bass line, for example. So you need to compose or to reconstruct somehow the other part. And I I think uh, I would like to, to to do more of that and to probably do some. Uh, explorations with uh, sometimes it's not music meant to be played on the gamba or the cello, but but you can always make your own version, which was what musicians did in the 18th century, just right. arrange or transcript or recompose. Right. right. And I think I could I could like to do that a lot. A yeah. Lot <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, you know, you you played the gig with whoever you had, right? <laughs> Whatever musicians yeah. were available. <laughs> right, right. What are you what are you passionate about right now? Is there something, whether it's musical or otherwise, what what is something that's really important or top of mind or very exciting for you right now in this moment? Mm. Well, uh, playing and and playing I, I miss I cannot wait to to play more with my colleagues and friends which is something we we, we have not done as much yeah during the pandemic so this is we all are vaccinated now mm -hmm. uh, just a few days ago so we can we will be able to to restart playing together yeah and and also i found um, during these months, uh, a very, a, a very big pleasure in on playing solo, which is something that I, I didn't do as much because I was so disciplined with <laughs> other people, and I love that. Yeah. So uh, during these months, I have found uh, a, a passion in playing, in exploring the the solo repertoire of the gamba and the cello. Yeah. It's not that I discovered it, but I discovered for me playing, for example, the, the Telemann solo pieces for the Laganda, which are very difficult and very interesting, very uh, challenging. And, and Bach suites, which are a, a hit, of course, but isn't it's not something that was part of my music daily life before, and and now I am fascinated with playing that, uh, practicing, struggling a bit with all these <laughs> tricky passages, but it's part of the fun. Oh. Will we have a solo uh, recording to look forward to, maybe, you think? Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I, am, I am already thinking of, of I'm very, uh, also, it has, to be, it has to do with the instrument I have. The, the viola de gamba I own is a copy of a French instrument. Mm -hmm. And when you play French music on that instrument, it really feels like it's written for for that viol. So, uh, Saint Colomb, Demachy, is music that I I've been able to play a lot these days, and and I would really like to to bring up a bigger project. Great. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> 
Thank you. I've been speaking with Rafael Sanchez Guevara, a viola da gamba player and cellist based in his hometown of Mexico City. He is a teacher and he enjoys an international career as a performer. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Suzanne, thank you very much. Thank you for having me and for your interest. And it's been very nice to talk to you. And uh, all, all the best for you and the audience. Thank you for listening and hopefully see you soon. Thank you.